Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Good evening, everybody. It's great to see you here tonight at BFC. This is Healing School, and I thought I would let you know uh, that sometimes you, you listen to a service, and somehow the service resonates to your heart. It just You can just sense life uh, going into your spirit. And that's because the Holy Spirit is in our midst and he's illuminating the Word of God. And when you begin to get the Word on the inside, life is imparted unto you. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they're spiritual and they're full of God's life. And after that experience, you're thinking, well, I'd like to listen to that again. And I just wanted you to know that we record all these services We have all the audios of these services that go back, I think, from the beginning. And so if there's a particular message that you want to hear again, we can send that audio file to you onto your phone or your desktop or whatever device you're using, and then you can listen to it whenever you'd like to. So in order to contact us, just use our email address. It's the initials of the church, B-F-C. And then the street address here, 3982 at gmail.com. We can also send you videos, but they only last online on the server of the provider we use for 60 days. So I can send those as well, but they, uh, they're like a bottle of milk. They have a, uh, a timestamp on them when they expire. So I can get any audio to you. Just tell us the date that you heard the message, and uh, we'll shoot it out to you. And obviously, that's just... A way that we can serve you. Amen. So let's get our Bibles out tonight. Woohoo! Is anyone excited about the Word of God? You know, sometimes you just have to stir yourself up. You know, things can get repetitious, things can get very familiar to our mind. And uh, and we kind of kind of go through the motions, so to speak, and we're not really listening with our heart like we can. So there's times like that that we just have to stir ourselves up, just determine that you're going to hear with your heart, yes. and then push aside any distractions. Amen. Come on. I just don't think about what you're going to do when you go home. Don't think about what you're going to eat. Don't think about tomorrow. Don't think about the next day. Don't think about this. Don't think about that. Focus. Yes. Remember the Karate Kid? Focus power. <laughs> we, 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 we've got to just get in our heart and out of our head. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for the Word of God tonight. It's like bread to our flesh. It it imparts life. It imparts uh, insight, direction, guidance, encouragement, strength. And, Lord, when we get your Word inside of us, it'll drive out anything that's not of your plan and your will and your purpose. So we choose as an act of our will to listen 
with the ears of our spirit by the help of the Holy Spirit and we will receive life into our spirit we will be quickened we will be encouraged in those areas of our body that that we're believing God for those areas will accelerate in terms of that condition being driven out and health and healing to take his place we thank you for it right now in Jesus name amen so to as you remember we've been talking about seven things that you and I should know about divine healing this is actually the sixth installment of that I, I feel like the Lord wants us to try and wrap this up tonight and so that's a that's a challenge for for me but we're gonna do our best we've been talking about different ways that healing can be ministered unto people now realize that every believer is at a different level in their spiritual growth uh, we're and, and in different areas like one person might be really strong on being led by the Spirit but they may be weak in terms of having an overflowing supply financially or someone's just really their faith is so active in staying healthy and and whole but then in another area they're a little anemic so we're all at different levels and so because healing of the ills of the body is so important to the plan of redemption the Lord saw fit to make different methods in which we can receive healing for our body whether you're a baby whether whether you just got born again yesterday or or last year or what you know and you're just still cutting your teeth on the Word of God he's got a way to get you healed in your body and he's got ways that you can even get to the place where you can just walk in divine life where sickness can't come on you it'll actually if, if germs or bacteria or some kind of a disease or sickness touches your flesh your spirit will automatically repel it the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will repel that and it can't take root in your body now that's the level we're shooting for I, I'm not there yet but I'm on my way to there <laughs> right and, and so are you that, that's what we want to do that even when we come into contact it's like we're you know like the world wears the mask to protect themselves supposedly <laughs> we can have a spiritual mask yes, come on. amen and when you get in the midst of people that are carrying some kind of a, a virus or bacteria even if it touches your flesh it'll die yeah. amen so that's where we're going and so we've been talking about different methods and we we finished and I'm not 100% sure, but I, I pretend like I know. Uh, I think we finished the last time talking about we can receive healing by faith or through faith by praying. You can either release your faith through praying or release your faith by saying. So from there, let's go on to the next method. And this is, I think, very important for those around us. And uh, let's go on over to Matthew. chapter 18 and we're going to look at verse 19 so we're going to kind of dance around a little bit miss sharon as you can already tell hallelujah you're probably thinking why do you bother giving me your handouts you don't follow them anyway i'm sorry it's uh just how we're doing it tonight so remember 
that these methods that we're discussing and that we're finding out from the Word of God, for the most part, they're all going to operate on some level of faith. Faith is a receiver. It receives the blessings of God. We were saved that way, and everything else that he's provided through the great plan of redemption is also received by faith. Amen? So we receive the promises through Jesus, and we receive them by and through this operation of faith. We have the God kind of faith. And so look over here in Matthew 18, 19. Now, many times you'll have people come to you, or you'll know of people who are sick, and that person really isn't in a position in terms of knowledge they have of the Word of God and how, how to use their faith. And you want to help them to receive their healing. And so this method of getting someone healed is to release a joint faith by coming in agreement in prayer. Now, this is likened unto an individual praying the prayer of faith, but it's a little bit different is it gathers people together praying about the same thing. So it's actually increasing the power of our faith by multiplying our faith. Remember, if one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. So when you join your faith with someone else, you're increasing the power of faith by tenfold. That's why united prayer is the most powerful prayer that God has given us to manifest his will upon the earth. So here Jesus is speaking, and apparently he talked about this a lot. Because in the King James it says, again, I say unto you. And that should perk up our ears. If it's important for Jesus to repeat this, then you know because repetition is the motor of learning. How many times did you hear the ABCs? I'm hearing them a lot with my three-and-a-half-year-old. He sings that song, and so he repeats it over and over, and that's how it gets in his intellect. Well, spiritual things are the same. You'll notice around here that you hear things, the same things a lot. And sometimes you wonder in your mind, does he know anything else than what he's saying? Well, a little bit, but not as much as you might think. Amen. I'm, I need all the help I can get. I, I, I repeat myself all the time because that's what the Holy Spirit's leading me to do. I, I remember this. Is it okay if we start telling stories? I, I remember um, listening to a, uh, a teaching by Keith Moore, and he's one of my heroes of faith, and his teaching is just really solid. We graduated from uh, Raymond together in the same class, although we didn't know each other. But I like to say that to make it sound like I do. Um, and he was teaching about how uh, he was one of the technicians at Raymond Bible Training Center. They, had, they have a healing school. Just, isn't that interesting? They had, they had a healing school. We have a healing school. Isn't that interesting? And he was kind of fresh and new in the experience of that role, and he was growing like everyone else. And he had this man come to him 
and he says, I've got such and such a condition. And uh, so Keith goes, well, I'll give, you, I'll, I'll give you this scripture. He says, go on over to 1 Peter 2.24. And he, he opened the Bible up to 1 Peter 2.24. He read the scripture to this man. The man just looked at him and said, yeah, I know that. So Keith says, oh, okay, well, then we better find another scripture. So he finds another scripture and reads it. And the man goes, well, I know that. Well, Keith was, was upset with himself because he, he didn't have a verse that he could share with this guy that he didn't know. See, people are looking for something new while they're not a good steward of what they already know. And so Keith went home and he started talking to the Lord and he says, I feel so inept. I, I couldn't help that guy today. You know, I didn't have enough scripture in me. Help me find more scripture that I can give people, you know, to, to help me to get them healed. And the Lord spoke to him. He says, you've got to understand that, that this all works by people believing what I said, trusting what I said, and then putting what I said into action through the releasing of their faith. This man's problem wasn't that he needed to hear something that he didn't hear before. His problem was that he needed to learn how to put to work in that scripture he already knew. And so when the Lord revealed that truth to Keith, then he, he stopped worrying about how many times he used a verse. In healing school. <laughs> Amen. So repetition is the engine of learning. So, so we have those that we want to help to bring up to the level of faith that they can receive their healing. Could I say this? Too many times when we're endeavoring to help somebody, too many times we, we try and bring them up to our level, which may be too high for them to agree. Because you're thinking to yourself, well, I can believe for this. It doesn't matter what you can believe for. It doesn't matter what you can believe for. It doesn't matter how much faith you have. You've got to find a place of agreement. Amen. Yes. Then you have a joint faith. Amen. See, Jesus says, again, I say unto you that if two of you on earth were Matthew 18, 20, or excuse me, 18, 19. He says, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything they ask. That means that they're both believing for the same thing. Too many times I tried to pray for people to receive a miraculous healing in their body and they were believing that God was going to use the doctors. There's no agreement there. And so I need to get off my high horse and come down with them. Does that make sense? Because if you don't have agreement, you don't have a joint faith. That's right. And that's what we're endeavoring to accomplish. So Jesus is saying that, 
while here on earth, you can ask things together in agreement. Notice it says, if two of you shall agree. It doesn't say that you believe for one thing and they believe for another thing. And also, it says, they shall ask. Be careful that you're not both praying at the same time. Because how they may be praying for something different than what you're praying for, and so you're not going to have agreement. One person has to pray, the others have to say, yeah, I can agree with that. Amen. 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 Yes. Does, does that make sense? Yes, sir. And something very powerful happens. Something miraculous happens. So if the two of you come into an agreement, and you ask with a joint faith, notice what Jesus said. This isn't what Bruce said, this is what Jesus said. It says, it, that which they agree on. You got that premise? Whatever they agree upon shall be done. Now that's the strongest assertion in the English language. Doesn't say sometimes will be done. Doesn't say maybe it'll be done. If you're lucky, it'll get done. No, it says it shall. You, you can't say it any stronger in the English language. It shall be done for them because it's a joint faith. So he's not only answering the person's prayer that you're agreeing with, but he's, in essence, answering all of your prayer. You just happen to be agreeing on the same thing. So he's answering it on the behalf of all of your faith. And that's why it's so powerful. Now, I wanted you to see this. Notice that Jesus says that if you'll agree, it shall be done by my Father which is in heaven. My question is, why? Why is it done? And that's where verse 20 comes in. How many of you know that verse 19 come, comes just before verse 20? And, and verse 20 comes right after what we just said, shall be done. Why? For where two or three are gathered together in my name. Notice this is in contents. When you're gathered in his name, you're agreeing on the same thing that you're asking for in Jesus' name. Well, what's so wonderful about that? It says, there I am. There Jesus is. Where? In the midst of them. Now, I don't want to get into this too far. But you know the scripture that says that Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for us. You remember hearing that? Well, it's, obviously it's absolutely the truth. Jesus ever liveth to make intercession intercession for us well I used to think that he's doing that all the time regardless of what we're doing and that's not what's happening at all understand an intercessor is someone who's taking the place of another or he is a representative of those an advocate we could even say a lawyer a lawyer goes before a judge not representing himself or herself, but representing those who sent him. So when we agree in prayer, 
and Jesus is there. He hears what we say. And then he goes before the Father to make intercession for us in our behalf. He goes before the Father and he says, Hey, those three down there just agreed in my name. And therefore I say unto you, it's now done according to your word. And God says, okay. And boom. There's your answer. The only time that Jesus talks to the Father in our behalf is when we're doing business with God the Father. That's why we ask in the name of Jesus. And that commissions Jesus to go before the Lord and represent us and plead our case, making intercession for us. Amen? So I think that's powerful to consider that when you and I get together and agree, there's Jesus right there. There's Jesus. And he's not there to give us goosebumps. He's not there to give us some spectacular sensation. He's there to do business for us, to represent us, to make sure that what we agreed on is now done when he goes before the Father. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Now, that's why it says, shall be done. Shall be done. How convincing do you think Jesus is before the Father? I don't know what all the rigmarole is about. I don't know what the process is, but he could be going up there and say, remember my blood? What it paid for? Remember when I defeated the devil in their behalf? Remember when I provided healing because of my stripes? And now they're agreeing that they believe that and they trust that and they believe they now have it because they agreed in faith. So I thank you, Father, because you're just and you're righteous. It's theirs. And then God drops the, va- the gal, uh, what do you call that? The gavel, thank you, sir. <laughs> drops the g- <laughs> Sometimes I'm grabbing for words. That he drops the gavel, makes that big solid clunk noise, da-da, and uh, guess what? It's done. Now it's not only done according to the, those asking in agreement, now it's done according to God's. Hallelujah. Now, what are the keys to success to this? Number one, you got to have scripture that you're agreeing on. Amen. Right? You can't have a harvest without a seed. The word of God is the seed. Amen. See, people think that God will respond to them just because they have a need. Amen. Yes. Could I say that again? Yes. A lot of people think that when they have a need, all they have to go to God is to ask to have that need met. I'm sorry, that's not how the kingdom operates. If you abide in me, and your words abide in you. Then you shall ask what you will. See, you've got to put your desire with evidence that God has provided that for you through the great plan of redemption, and that evidence is the word of God. You can't go to him and say, I got this need, and you got to meet this need, and I just know you're a loving God, so you're going to meet this need. That prayer isn't going to go any higher than the ceiling. Jesus has nothing to present the Father in that case. He has no precedence. 
See, a lot of times, and we're not doing these things to persuade God to move on our behalf. But God has to do things legally. Why? Well, because we have an enemy. God can't just move in the behalf of somebody without having president presidents. Or the devil will say, why'd you do that for them? You can't do that. You can't interfere in earth. I stole the, the lease on the earth. You can't come in here on this turf. How come you're here doing this for them? And God has to say, well, they presented the word of God to me. Amen. Amen. Now I have a legal right to be here. Yes. Yes. See, if God does something for you and God does something for me, he has to have a legal reason for doing it. If he could just come down here and do whatever he wants, he never needed to send Jesus. He could just be like the devil and just push his will off on people. Amen. So we have to have scripture to establish God's will so that we can prove according to scripture that we can have what we're asking for. We already mentioned this. One should pray, the other should agree, or one should pray, and the balance of those in agreement should agree. And then once you pray, you've got to believe something. Really, where you have to agree is not only on the scripture, but then you have to agree that once you pray that God heard you and it's done. Without any physical evidence. Without a good feeling. Without an emotion. Amen? You've got to believe that you have it once you pray. So this, this, this woman came up to the, to the preacher man. And she's all teary-eyed and crying. And he goes, what's the matter? Well, you know, my mortgage payment's due and, and I'm $100 short. And if I don't make this payment, you know, uh, I'm going to get a late fee. And, da, da, da. and he says, well, can, can you agree with me? that God will cause an extra $100 to come in for you to pay the full amount of your mortgage, you know, in a week or whenever the time frame was? She says, yeah. He says, okay, well, I'm going to pray, and you agree with me, and then you'll have it. She says, all right. And so he prayed, Father, sister so-and-so needs an extra $100 to come in. Your word says that you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. And, and so we're asking for this extra hundred bucks to come in right now. And, and we just agree. We have it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So he turned to her and says, uh, he says to, uh, to her, well, you believe you got the hundred bucks when, by the time you need it? And she looked at him and goes, I hope so. He says, well, no, we're not in agreement. You don't have it. And he walked away. See, if you believe one thing and someone else believes the other after you pray, guess what? You're not in agreement. Amen. That's right. if, you're, if those who prayed that prayer, they need to all agree that whatever you ask for is now done. Amen. It shall be done for them. Amen. Yes. Amen? That's why sometimes these things don't get met. Yes. It's never on God's side. I said it's never on God's side of the ledger. It's always on our side where we miss it. Aren't you glad that we can grow? Aren't you glad that we can get better? Amen. 
at using our faith and trusting his word amen so don't look over your shoulder at what didn't happen in the past just kind of get lined up with those things that'll cause it to come to pass when we pray again amen, amen. all right the, the next method that we can minister healing uh, to others is that we can anoint them with oil in ordinance or in according to James 5.14. Go on over there. James 5.14. I, I just find it fascinating how verse 14 begins. James 5, verse 14. King James says, Is any sick among you? Well, I guess there weren't that many people sick in those days. That's the way it should be today. Amen. Amen. But just in case they are, let him. Who's him? It's the person who's sick. Yeah. Now, everybody say, I love you, Pastor. I love you, Pastor. And, the and the word is the word. You see, a lot of times we have people that come and want second party prayers. What do you mean, second party prayers? Well, I got a relative, and they got this and they got that. I want you to pray that they'll be healed. Well, in those instances, I pray for that person every time. But I don't know the person. I don't know whether they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't know if they believe in divine healing. I don't know where their faith is. And the fruit that's going to be bared from that kind of prayer is very limited. I'm in faith, but you and I can't push our faith off of any other person. If we could do that, I could get everybody saved that I know. Because I could believe salvation for them in their behalf, but that's not going to happen, is it? It's whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not the person praying for so-and-so gets them saved. Do you want, are you getting the, what I'm saying here? Notice in this verse is saying that the person who is sick is asking for prayer. Do you see that tonight? Do we want to see our relatives healed? Absolutely. And that's why we pray for every person that asks for prayer for someone else. But I also understand how faith works. Amen. So here in this verse, this sick person is asking for prayer. Is any sick among you? Let him, the sick person, call for the elders of the church. Those are the mature believers. It could be the pastor. It could be the associate. It could be someone respected in the body. And then let them, who's them? The elders. Let them pray over this person that asked and requested prayer. Now it says anoint him or the sick person with what? Oil. 
and you pray it in the name of the Lord. Now notice verse 15. It doesn't say the prayer of putting oil on the sick person heals them. It doesn't say that the elders, because they're so spiritual, they heal him. See, the method, the method, the point of contact of how you minister the healing anointing isn't what heals them. What does then? It says in verse 15, the prayer of faith heals the sick. That word saved there is the word sozo. It's all encompassing. It's talking about our spiritual redemption and that fruit that is bore physically, including the healing of the body. It says the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. I want you to know that oil doesn't heal a person. The guy on t national television who's selling miracle healing water, that water doesn't heal you. I don't care if they have the tears of Jesus in a vial. They're not going to heal you because they're natural and they're of this world. But faith is the substance that we have from heaven. So why do we use oil? Well, oil represents the person of the Holy Spirit. And so you're believing that it's not you who is bringing to this person, but it is the Holy Spirit. So why do we bother to use the oil? Because it becomes a point of contact to release our faith. It's a point of contact to release their faith. Anoint him with oil in the name of Jesus, and then you believe you receive, and that prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. That's, that's talking about a pretty bad condition there. They were bedfast. They'll be raised up, and along with that, if they've committed any sins, they're going to be forgiven him. Because the same price that was paid to heal us was paid to forgive us. Amen. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, go on over to uh, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, uh, verse 7. This is from the King James. And notice here that, that Jesus calls unto him the twelve. And these are the twelve apostles of the Lamb, right? Peter, uh, I was just thinking of the, the Beatles, sorry. Uh, Peter, John, James, right? This even includes uh, Judas. And he sent them forth. Notice he sent them two by two. Never go and minister to strangers without another person with you, another believer with you. And notice it says that he gave them power, better, better translated authority, over unclean spirit. 
every demon is unclean. And then look down here in verse 12. You still with me in Mark 6? Just go down to the 12th verse. And so they went out, the 12, commissioned by Jesus, and they preached that men should repent. Repent means to what? Change. See, this gospel that's being preached out there of acceptance is false. We, we, could, we could park here for a while. The message of Jesus Christ is to turn from our sin and go to him for forgiveness. Amen. That's what it means to repent. And they did what? They took authority over devils. They cast them out. Notice it says they anointed with oil the sick and did what? And healed them. Notice that in both these examples, both in James and here in Mark, that they were healed through the anointing of oil. Using anointing with oil, it signifies that we are believing that the Holy Spirit is anointing the sick with healing power when you pray. You believe that. It's the believing in that, that that substance of that oil is now a point of contact for what you're believing. The oil itself doesn't have the power to heal. Come on. Come on. Amen. It's a man-made substance. Yes. Yes. But it's a point of contact. It's also assuring us that we're not the ones responsible for healing this person, but it's the Holy Spirit's job. That's why we're using the oil to represent what he's doing. So I, I can't emphasize this enough because we've been, we've, been, we've been caught up with the significance of oil. It, it's not what heals, but it's a point of contact to release our faith believing that the Holy Spirit has now been released into that person's spirit with healing power, and we believe they receive it. Amen. Amen. Amen? See, too many times we as human beings get caught up with the method. We get caught up with by what we can see. But understand that every transaction between earth and heaven is spiritual. I got one amen way in the back. Way up there in heaven. <laughs> so, I, I don't want to repeat this too many times. I believe you got it. So, James 5.14 is connected to James 5.15. And it says, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And with that, and... And, go to verse 15, and the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith. So understand, it's a conjunction, and together you're laying the oil on them, and then you're believing by faith. If you leave the faith out, and you just put oil on them, nothing's going to happen. And if you have faith and don't release it, I heard this story of this, this man. 
you would all know him if I told you who he was. And uh, his one side of his face just one day was paralyzed. And he couldn't move any of his muscles on the right side of his face. And so when he would smile, only the muscles on the left side would work, and he'd have a big smile on this side, and this other side was just the same. That night when he went to bed, he couldn't close his right eye because his, his, uh, his right side of his face was paralyzed. He couldn't work the muscles to close his eyelid. So to go to sleep, he had to roll his eyes to the back side of his head for it to get dark for him to sleep. Next day, he got up and he goes, I know what I'm going to do. Wednesday at the midweek service, I'm going to go down to that Holy Spirit tabernacle in town and I'm going to have pastor so-and-so lay his hands on me for healing and uh, so he the next couple of days I think this was a, a Monday when his left or the right side of his face was paralyzed he all day Monday all day Tuesday and half the day on Wednesday the side of his face I mean he could actually pinch the skin he couldn't feel a thing completely paralyzed so that night, you know, the, the, he's at the service and all he could think of was having the pastor pray for him. As soon as he prays for me, I'll be healed. As soon as he prays for me, I'll be healed. Well, it got to the end of the service and they had some other things they were doing that night so they didn't have time to pray for people after the service. So the pastor started dismissing the service. So this young boy, I think he was probably 17 years old at the time, maybe 18 he stood up he said brother so-and-so do you mind if you'd pray for me for my healing tonight before we go the preacher says come on down so he went down to the to the front front of the front of the building and uh, pastor got the oil laid the finger of his 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 uh, hand on, the, on his forehead, anointed him with oil, and prayed for his healing. Now, th this young man testified later on. He says, I didn't hear a word he prayed. I don't even know what he prayed. I was just waiting for him to say amen. And once he said amen, I was going to believe that I received my healing of that paralysis according to Mark eleven twenty four. Believe that you receive and you shall have. Wow. Amen. So he, did, he was just waiting for him to say amen, and that was the point of contact that he was going to release his faith. You see, faith has to be released. And you got to have a, a place, a moment in time that you pull the trigger on releasing your faith. That's when you believe you got what you were asking for according yes. to the Word of God. Yes. So he didn't hear a word this preacher said. And as soon as the preacher said, Amen, he goes, I got it. And lifted up his hand and says, I'm healed. I'm healed. Well, after the service, he had come to church that night with some of his friends, some of his teenage friends. And they looked at him. They said, why, why do you keep saying that you're healed? He said, well, Brother Pastor prayed for me. And when he said, Amen, I believe I received my healing. 
I got it. Amen. And they said, well, do you feel any different? He says, not a bit. Well, when we walked onto the street light, I noticed when you were laughing that the one side of your face didn't move at all, but your other side moved. Why do you say that you're healed when your body says that you're not? He says, because I believe the word of God. The prayer of faith believes it receives. And when he said, amen, I released my faith and I believe that I'm healed. So all the way home, they kept questioning him. How can you, why are you saying that? Why are you doing that? He says, you'll see why. So he, he, he was with a young lady and he went to her house that night and, and, and the, the, little, the young girl says, hey mama, come on, look over at Kenneth's face. Look at his face. Do you see how the one side of his face doesn't move any? She goes, yeah. Well, he thinks he's healed. The mother says, I'd be careful what you say. Maybe, maybe Kenneth knows something that you and I don't know. And so he went home that night, had to roll his eye back up on top of his head, went to bed saying, thank you, Lord, I got it. Woke up the next morning, perfectly healed. He went back over to that young lady's house, had breakfast at her house, and the mother looked at him, and she says, well, I see you got your healing. He says, no, I, I didn't get it this morning. I got it the moment he laid hands on me, and he said, amen. 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 From that moment, I had it. Glory. See, this is how it works. And especially for you and I that have been around for a while, we can't get away with some things we got away with years ago. We got to make sure we're on the money. We got to make sure that we're believing according to the Word of God. We got to make sure that we're going, yep, I believe this according to this. Amen. Amen. And so once the sick is anointed with the oil, you've got to believe that you are healed through and by faith. See over here in Mark eleven twenty four, Sharon's going to put it up for you from the King James. It says, therefore, I say unto you what things soever you desire. So, so who has the desire? You do. Or the person that's asking for the elders of the church. What things soever you desire, and then they say, when you pray, or once you have prayed, once you have asked. Then you've got to do what? You've got to believe something. What, what do you believe? That Jesus is the Messiah? Well, that's a good thing to believe, but it's not going to work here. You're going to believe there's 66 books in the Bible? Well, yeah, that's a good thing to believe, but that's not going to help you here. Are you to believe that you're on your way to heaven? Well, that's a good thing to believe in, but it's not going to help you here. 
What you got to believe is that you have your healing. You receive your healing. And according to the Word of God, regardless of how you feel, how you look, what's going on in your body, you are healed. And then when you believe that, it says, then you shall, future tense, have them. Have your healing manifested on the outside. Remember, healing is spiritual. And it begins in your spirit. That's where you're believing. For with the heart, man believes. And it's that believing that causes that which you believe in your heart to heal what's going on in your body. That's why many times, or could I say amongst matured believers, every time, there could be a time factor, right? Now let's read Mark eleven twenty four from the pastor's paraphrase version. This is going to be good, huh? You ready? Jesus speaking, he said, Therefore I say unto you, we got to take this personal. He's not talking to whosoever. He's talking to you to help you, to help me. So I'm saying to you, when someone desires healing, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord and then believe you receive your healing and then you'll see your healing come. Do you see the process? When someone desires healing, according to James 5.14, who's calling on the elders of the church, let the elders anoint that sick person who's asking for prayer with oil in the name of Jesus. Then together they believe that he has received his healing and he or her shall be healed. If you and I will practice that, if you and I will practice that, if you and I will practice that, we will see results every time. Hallelujah. That's why these things work. Amen. I got 10 minutes. I think we can do it. I want you to turn over to Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 15. Now, this is the, the, the last method that we're going to look at. There are other methods that I'm, we're not going to go into. But this final method is what Jesus has empowered the believer to do in his name. Go to Mark chapter 16. We're going to look at verses 15 through 18. We have to get the revelation that Jesus himself, listen to me carefully, Jesus himself is not doing anything on the earth today. The Bible says that he sat down at the right hand of God. Where is Jesus today? He's at the right hand of God. 
And so in order for his work to continue on the earth, he commissioned, or should I say he empowered believers, which is his body, to represent him on the earth. Everything that Jesus does on the earth today, listen to me, everything that Jesus does today on the earth is done through his body. There'd be nothing to confirm. There'd be nothing to work with without the body representing him on earth. Yes. Hallelujah. And this is why it's so important for us to get the body activated. I believe that we're in an hour that the body is awakening. Just like Max said, there's a lot of Christians that appear to be dead because they're inactive. The body needs to be activated because we got almost 7.5 billion people to reach with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's going to happen through the body. So here Jesus is commissioning you and I to go into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel. To every creature, I like what Lester Summerall said. He says, I change to every creature to every generation. You see, a lot of things aren't being taught to every generation. That's why Europe is in the place that they're in. Europe used to be on fire for the Gospels. There was churches everywhere. And now they're filling their churches up with grain. They're using them as storage barns. Because nobody's going to church. Well, guess what's happening in America? The exact same thing, because we're not preaching to the, the gospel to every generation. Yeah, come on. Come on. Amen. Amen. That's why I am fully convinced, more than I ever was before, that we need to preach the gospel to the kids. Come on. Come on. Or there's going to be no one to take our place. Amen. We got to get them saved. We got to get the word of God in them. We've got to give them the equipment to represent Jesus. Amen. And he's helping us in this area. Now, when you preach the gospel, the, the, the individual that believes, and then through, re, through repentance and baptism, they said that they'll be saved. And then he goes on to say that signs will follow. Signs will accompany. Who? Now, let's define what it means to believe. Yes, it means the believer. But it also means believing believers. <laughs> Did you hear that? There's too many unbelieving believers. What do you mean by that? I mean exactly that. They're saved and on their way to heaven, but there's a lot of pages of the Bible they've ripped out. Well, that doesn't pertain to us today. The church I went to was very thin. They ripped out all the pages that empowered the church. So this is talking about 
believers who will believe and trust God to work through them. Now, in which way have we been empowered? He says that these signs shall accompany the believing believers that in his name, there's the key to all the power, all the authority, all the signs and wonders, is that when you use the name of Jesus, is as if Jesus is saying and doing what you're doing towards the individual. Amen. That's how Jesus gets on the earth. That's how he does things on the earth. By using his name. So in Jesus' name, it says that you're going to have authority over devil, devils and their works. You're going to speak in a heavenly language. You're going to be baptized with power and speak with other tongues. You're going to take up serpents, and that serpents is a representation of the works of the devil. If you accidentally drink any deadly thing, it will not harm you. And then here, this is this fifth way that we can minister healing to others. In Jesus' name, we shall, being believing believers, lay hands on the who? The sick. And what happens to the sick? They shall recover. You see, laying hands on the sick is another method by which healing can be obtained. Now, you understand that you putting your hand on a sick person doesn't heal them. Stop looking at the method. Yes, come on. It's the name of Jesus and the word of God that we're acting upon is what causes the healing power and anointing to go into that individual's spirit. See, they receive it by believing it, right? And then from there, as they continue to believe, that power will come out and change their flesh, drive the sickness out and create healing in their body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The original Greek says this. The believing ones shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, understand that Jesus didn't say we were to heal the sick. See, this is when we get intimidated, naturally speaking. You're about to pray for someone and you're looking at the the symptoms on their body. You you see their condition. You can tell that yoke, that oppression of sickness is upon them. And you're thinking to yourself, what in the world can I do? Well, can you be a garden hose? Can you be a conduit? Can you hold on to heaven and his promises? and do what God instructed and empowered you to do and use the name of Jesus so he can do the work. That's all we're doing. I'm being, I'm hooking up with all I believe concerning God and what he told me to do and what the reality of the plan of redemption is and how Jesus looked at me and said, you, as a representative of my body, you, Lay hands on the sick. Use my name. And then Jesus said, they shall recover. Amen. All I'm doing 
is being a conduit for the body to function on the earth, to allow Jesus to work through us to bring healing to the sick. And we need to practice this. I said we need to practice this. We need to look for opportunities to pray for the sick. I, I, I like what Ken said the other day. Don't ask somebody if you can pray for them. Tell them that you are going to pray for them. What do they want to receive? Amen. Is that how you said it, Ken? Could you say it? Don't ask for permission. Just ask how you should pray or what the need is. I'm praying for you. What do you need? Amen? Now, if, if, if they back away at that point, well, that, that's okay. But nine times out of ten, if you ask them if you could pray for them, they're going to say no. Is it, isn't that, that your experience? Does that make sense? That helps me. I never thought of it that way before until Ken's brought it to my attention. So Jesus didn't say that we were to heal the sick. He told us, just lay your hands on them in Jesus' name. And then what happens? He does the rest. Now remember, we talked about point of contact with agreement. We talked about point of contact with the anointing with oil. Now we're talking about point of contact when you touch them and lay hands on them. Amen. The moment you touch them, you believe that the power from heaven is flowing through you to them. And that's why you believe they receive Amen. their healing. See, once you lay hands on them, that's when you release your faith. They got it. They got it. They got it. You come in agreement. They got it. You anoint with oil. They got it. According to the word of God. You lay hands on them in Jesus' name. They got it. That's your point of contact. That's when you believe it's done, it's finished, it's accomplished, and that's why they recover. All we do is through the avenue of believing, which is separate and apart from seeing. The further we get into this, this walk with Jesus and allowing him to manifest through us, we've got to separate us by what we see and what we feel. For I walk by faith or I walk by the word of God and not by what my sensory perception is saying or feeling. Amen? We've got to separate ourselves from the outer man and the inner man. The outer man goes by what it sees. The inner man goes by what he believes. Amen. So, Father, we thank you tonight for these methods. We thank you, Lord, that it's not us that's healing. You are working through us, the body, whether we come in agreement 
with those, whether we anoint them with oil, whether we simply lay hands on them in Jesus' name. The moment we touch them, according to the word of God, power, virtue, anointing is going into them. And we thank you that when we trust you in what you say and believe they have it and they receive it, it's done. And healing is forthcoming. We thank you for it tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone believing said amen. amen. Well, thank you for being such great listeners tonight. We'll see you again real soon.